You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. On the next episode of They Call Me Mr. You, we would like to introduce you to the most influential world changer I've ever met in my entire life. This person is on the cusp of revolutionizing ministry, industry, invention, and so much more. They are not a well-known name, but it's my humble opinion that once you meet this person, your life will never be the same ever again. That's a promise. I'll do the introductions on this hard-hitting season three episode of They Call Me Mr. You, which starts in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. How are you hearing our podcast today? The People's Podcast. Thank you again for making a call me Mr. You part of your morning, your day, and your week. Let's get it. Come on. All right, all right, all right. I got a question for you guys today. Do you believe in fairy tales? (laughs) Most adults will immediately say no, but we can often find the world of glitter and unicorns and magic appealing for some reason. I think I'm starting to understand why now. I always thought fairy tales were stupid. I'm just being honest about it. The fairy tale mentality is one of the greatest deceptions our world has ever known. That's not an exaggeration. There are people who reject a potential spouse because he doesn't look, sound, or resemble the person they imagined he would be. I'm not kidding. This is real. I'm also not saying any names either. They know who they are. The professional world isn't exempt either. When I was a recruiter, you wouldn't believe how many young men I interviewed that would later tell me that this wasn't the job they envisioned. The crazy part is when I asked them what their so-called perfect job looked like, it was reasonable for somebody who had 10 years of experience in their industry and a great work ethic, but not so reasonable for a person with little to no job history, no more than two months in any given work assignment, and a horrible work ethic. These are only two examples of someone who only approves of the reality in their minds, not the one that's going on around them. Anything else is rejected as inauthentic, insufficient, or insulting in somehow, in some way. The truth of that is that, the truth of that is just as elusive as one trying to catch a fairy in these fantastical tales of wonder and fantasy. I mean, that's the problem with the prince or princess life. It requires a sense of entitlement by the main person or main party and a sense of capitulation by everybody else. I deserve this. You should give me this. Because of who I am, you should respond in this way. I'm bringing this up because even if you don't conduct yourself like royalty, we hold a similar approach to changing our world. Holding out in our imagination is is less than fruitful. Camping out in our minds is less than fruitful. Living in our fantasy world is less than fruitful. It's to the point 
that we sit at our TVs and computers and we hear all about all that's going on around us and our response to it is to hope and wish that our world will be better, that we will stop fighting each other, and we will all be friends, and that all the bad stuff will just go away with a snap of our fingers and a wave of our magic wand. But the truth sets in, don't it? The truth of that is a reality. All, we are just betting it all on the wrong world. And we're taking a passive, improper approach to getting there. I want all those things too. Without the magic wand, of course. I want all those things too. And they can be a reality. We're just looking at the wrong world to see it in. But how does that change the way we should act and respond? How do we embrace change? We'll get into that on this episode today. So how do you change your world when you have no idea how it got to be the way it was and what our responsibilities are? We blast the world of video games and comic books of which I was a card carrying member growing up. I ain't gonna lie. But it's not hard to understand that a world where you conquer evil, walk in victory, save others from danger and loom larger than life seems to be more favorable than the one that you're actually in where you are powerless, friendless, unable to trust, sometimes unable to feel, numb, always seem to be on the losing end and sometimes feeling relatively helpless in your own life. I guess that those are the choices. Why wouldn't you pick the fantasy world where you're uh, larger than life? But this is not fantasy. We can try to hide in those worlds and be the virtual gladiator, the savior. But we have to come out sometimes because those worlds are temporary. The good news is that the world we would rather leave behind and get away from is also temporary. Yeah, the one I was talking about where you feel powerless, relatively helpless, always on a losing end, unable to feel, you feel numb a lot of the times. That world is temporary too. See, I don't have to have a reminder of our country's anniversary or a reminder of our independence as a nation and what it should mean for all of us. I'm very aware of the fact that we are in a battle every single day. So if we're in a war, if that is true, then who are the soldiers? You're thinking about the United States military because you're thinking about a physical war. I'm not. We're going to jump into something uh, a bit contrary to that. Before this episode concludes, I'm going to try to put you in try to put into your hands some very valuable weapons so you can stand and you can walk in victory as a soldier you were made to be. Yeah, I know that blows your mind because you're not enlisted. You don't have medals on your chest. You don't have training. So how can you be a soldier? I'm going to give you some tools today to help you walk in victory as a soldier you were made to be. We're going to flesh it all out on this episode. So if you or yours thinks of Afghanistan or Iraq as the only battlegrounds of note, you might need a mirror check as much as the rest of us. Perhaps you just don't want to see that we're in a battle every day. It has nothing to do with foreign nations and foreign entities and and foreign powers. But those a lot closer to home. 
Whether you live in a slum or you are a resident of a million dollar home, we are still in a war and you could either be a willing or unwilling participant. Either way, you are involved in a battle. You, your family, your lifestyle, your finances, your goals and aspirations, your present as well as your future. The only escape is death. But the prerequisite for this war is life itself. You don't have to remember signing enlistment papers or having gone through basic training. You don't have to have a uniform in your closet. You're in the soup, ladies and gentlemen, and it's getting hotter. We are in a battle in this world. Honestly, you may not see it. This could be going over your head so far already. Honestly, you don't have to see it to know it's real. As polarizing a topic as the coronavirus was and still is, do you need to see it in a petri dish to consider it legitimately a real thing? Is that a requirement for you? This battle is largely unseen. Just like the tools used and the enemies that wield it. Isaiah 54 and 17 reminds us in part, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why is that statement a requirement if there's not a battle raging or a war going on? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's not only an account in a passage of scripture, but it's actually a promise from God to you. You feel, you hurt, you suffer, you lack. But most times you don't see. Most people start their days off already defeated and discouraged before their feet even touch the floor, before they even brush their teeth. If you even read a few people's skill books or so-called self-help books, you may have heard that the words you say out of your mouth, the company you keep, the nurturing nature of your environment and relationships are key to your success or to your failure. Is that something you can agree with today? Do you need to see the enemy to fight them? 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 reads, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. It doesn't matter so much if you believe that you have an enemy or not to feel the impact and the effects of that. We can apply different explanations to what we are going through, the conflict, the issues, the struggles, the things that we see that we can't explain, that some will label supernatural. But the reality is that, and I hope that you get that through the course of this episode and hopefully beyond, the physical world and the spiritual world are tied together. We're going to discuss that in some detail as we move through the episode, but just understand that point. If you're taking notes today, you're still tracking with us that way, take note of that particular point. The physical world and the spiritual world are linked together. They're not separate. There's a bridge between the two of them. Understand that point as we move forward. There was a movie released a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2020, called The Invisible Man. It was a remake of an older classic. Uh, I haven't watched either movie, but the concept of that seemed pretty relevant to this discussion today. What do you do as the lead character in this movie facing an enemy that you cannot see? There are a whole list of approaches that you can probably find online somewhere on how to combat an invisible enemy. Some of them make a lot of sense. Trust me, I checked. The list is really, really long. I even thought of a few to add to the list that wasn't included. But what we're going to do today 
because of the amount of information that we have today, this is going to be part one of a two-part episode, okay? I'm telling you that in advance so you can be ready for it as you're taking notes and jotting some stuff down and working through some of the uh, passages of scripture that I'm going to provide to you today. But for the next two episodes, we're going to give you two of the biggest tools that I can locate that I believe we need if we really endeavor to change the world. We talk about this podcast and one of the things you hear every time you tune into us every week is that we are your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. That's not just a catchphrase that I came up with. It matters to me that this podcast represents that for you because it represents that for me. I deal with everything that I'm talking to you about before you hear it. We your weekly mirror check before you go what? Change the world. I want to give you two big tools for the next two episodes that will really help us to change the world. Like literally change the world. The very first approach is knowing your enemy. We kind of alluded to it a little while ago. Understanding their tendencies and their inclinations is always wise in your reconnaissance work. The military strategist Sun Tzu said, if you know your enemy and yourself, you will not fear being at risk in a hundred battles. If you know your enemy and yourself, you will not fear being at risk in a hundred battles. It doesn't matter where you look. We find ourselves in a battle over culture, acceptance, race, wealth, influence, social status, light versus dark, good versus evil. You might think my enemy, I don't have any enemies. Everybody like me. I'm nice to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. It, it seems to me from what I'm reading here that there is an enemy that has power but we have authority over that enemy. That's what I heard. What'd you hear? Why do you need authority if there's no enemy to speak of? Sometimes our enemies are the ones we keep closest to us. At least that's a saying that we grew up with. And many of us have ascribed to that and live our life that way. It's an old, it comes from an old saying that we might be familiar with. You may have heard it on a movie, particularly The Godfather with Al Pacino, and from the brilliant Chinese military strategist Sun Tzu. His words were, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Now, in context, the saying is supposed to suggest that we keep track of what our enemies are doing. These, this is from the mouth of a military strategist. One thing I want to caution us whenever we hear any kind of sayings, any kind of quotes, it's good to have context. Yeah, they're all over our Instagram. Makes us sound cool. Makes us sound like life coaches and mentors and somebody who's skilled and, and knowledgeable. We look good to our 5,400 Facebook friends. I get it. I get it. Makes us look good to our Instagram followers. I get it. But context is important. If somebody wrote this in the, in the 1600s, it's important to understand what they were dealing with when they wrote this. If they wrote it in the 1800s, it's good to understand their context, what they were dealing with when they gave you that quote that you're using today in 2021. I'm just saying. It's just something to think about. In context, 
is supposed to mean that we keep track of what our enemies are doing in military strategy, in wartime situations. I say that in context because this only makes sense in a military situation. Outside of that context, outside of that, that might be the absolutely stupidest thing I ever heard in my entire life. And I mean that without hyperbole. That is ridiculous. Are you honestly telling me that your friend will be staying in the guest house, but your enemy can sleep in the bed with you? Are you really saying that your friend could be the CFO, but you prefer your enemy as the CEO of your company? If you're paying that much attention to your enemies in real world situations, you're probably not very productive in your own life. I'm just taking a shot in the dark here. If you're paying that much attention to your enemies in real world situations, you're probably not very productive in your own life. Or you're on a reality show on WeTV. One of the two of those. This is another example of how easily we accept things without seeking deeper understanding. That quote has to be in context. Because why would you want to have your enemies closer to you? Why? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Why you spend so much time watching what they're doing? You're taking away from your purpose. You're taking away from your destiny. You're actually looking back when you should be running forward because you're paying attention to what's going on around you as opposed to where your eyes need to be focused. Often we don't care where a quote comes from as long as it sounds cool, it makes us look cool. We got to get past that. If we really intend and really endeavor to change our world, that's something we got to get past. We got to know our enemy. I ain't saying be in the same bed with them. I'm not saying make them the CEO of your company. I'm saying we need to know who they are. Their tendencies, understand that so that we can be able to strategize and be successful in areas in life. We're going to break down that that whole enemy idea of an enemy. We're going to break that down a little deeper as we go into the next episode or two. Would you be willing to consider today that maybe you have allowed your enemies to have a favorable position in your life and a direct impact on your growth? Something to think about today. Would you be willing to consider that? That you you have perhaps allowed your enemies to have a favorable position in your life and a direct impact on your growth? Have you been monitoring them so much that you've forgotten your own responsibilities? Ephesians 6, 11 to 17, in part, speaks to a little bit of that. I want you to hear a specific part at the end there. It's going to be really relevant to what we're talking about today. It reads, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Hear that today for all those who are worrying about haters in their life. And talk about their enemies on their Facebook page and their Instagram. Or on their Twitter page. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. No matter what people might do to you or what they might say about you, they are not truly your enemy. There's messed up and confused and a puppet as anybody else is. They're not your enemy. Armor is mentioned in that passage. The armor is used to protect your body from assault as in a war. That's why people who are in military war-like situations, they use armor. Or when they go into a situation where they could be 
gunfire or some other kind of dangerous propellant used against them in a certain certain situation. They use body armor to protect their body from assault, like in a war. The terminology is specific to denote the struggle that we're facing today. We're just making compound the classic mistake of thinking our enemy is old girl or that cornball dude down the street. They're not our enemies. In order to understand who our enemies are, we have to really understand a lot of things about where we are. You know, I got a question for you. It's going to be a little bit weird. It may seem like it's out of place what we're talking about, but it's not. Are you willing to kill the thing that's killing you? That's not licensed to identify your enemies in life and bash them over the head. That's not what I'm telling you to do. I'm just asking you a question. Are you willing to kill the thing that's killing you? I'm talking about the unhealthy approaches, negative environments, parasitic relationships. You've been entertaining for decades now, maybe even longer. A great friend said that if you don't kill it, it won't let you live. Come on, somebody talk back to me, please. If you don't kill it, it won't let you live. I hope you heard that. In case you didn't, if you don't kill it, it won't let you live. Every single vice, urging, bad habit, left unchecked, will always take you closer to destruction than it will to the life you truly want and the life you were made for, for that matter. A mentor of mine says this pretty religiously to the point where I know it by heart now. Real success starts with being honest about where you are. In my experience, I found that the fires of adversity are an effective cleaning agent for the impurities in our life. If you had to find a friend on a networking site, people who have been through hard things and walked away with humility and perspective are probably the people you want to hang around and learn from and grow from. We all have things that need to be burned out of us. So I'm talking to you as the soldier I believe you are. Do you have the posture of a soldier? What are the responsibilities for somebody in the midst of a battle? If you don't even realize that's even the thing, and it does not resonate with you whatsoever yet, you probably haven't been touched by tragedy, death, injustice, and disease to the degree that you feel the need to stand up and fight. The posture of a soldier in war times is much, much different than a soldier in peace times. What do I mean? In peace times, a soldier's not good for battle. They don't walk around with their weapons in their hands. They don't scout their area as diligently as if they were in war times. They enjoy times of peace and rest. They're relaxed. In war times, a soldier is always alert, always on the watch, always on the ready. You know an enemy is always lurking and compounds on you when you relax, when you sleep. Anytime you take your eye off the ball, the enemy can pounce. There really is no break until the enemy has been vanquished. And there are no more enemies left to defeat. See, right now, I think the problem around us as a whole, around you as well, is that we are conducting ourselves as if we're at peace and there is no struggle. I gave you two passages already. I'm going to give you a lot more that's going to support that point. But we conduct ourselves as if we're at peace and there's no struggle. No enemy, no requirement to stand strong. Here are just a few passages that may change your mind today. Matthew 16 and 18. It reads, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This implies that there's a consistent action against the church that its enemies will not prevail against. 
1 Timothy 6 and 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of the faith. Is there anything in that statement that suggests a passive approach to life? It speaks to a struggle, a daily one. It's a call to fight. We've just been fighting the wrong way, fighting the wrong battles, fighting the wrong enemies. Next, Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcoming means to defeat an enemy or successfully deal with opposition or to get better of a rival in a struggle or a conflict. Come on, guys. Overcome. That tells us what kind of state that we're in. We're in a struggle. We're in a conflict. You need to overcome if you're not in a struggle or a conflict. Overcoming is the same whether it be in wrestling, whether it be in football, or whether it be in some other kind of sport. Is it a struggle or a quest or a conflict that we're trying to fight through? That's when we overcome. It means to defeat an enemy and successfully deal with opposition. That indicates that we have some. And everything's not all peaches and cream like many of us believe. The posture of a soldier is to survey the landscape, be observant, be aware of your surroundings, prepare yourself for any eventuality, be honest about the strengths and your weak points. If you don't, you can be certain that the enemy will exploit them. That's just what enemies do. If your enemy that you thought were friends knows you struggle with strong drink, for, for one example, they may entice you to have a casual beverage from time to time. If your so-called friend, which may be an enemy, knows you can't resist a good deal, but your finances are tight, they have you out of sex, swiping your credit card multiple times. It's really hard to get, well, I don't think it's possible to get healed in the same place that's making you sick. You got to change your environment. I really believe it's not possible to get healed in the same place that's making you sick in the first place. You got to change your environment. One of my favorite passages of all time, and you heard it many times on our podcast, Romans 12 and 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by a renewed mind. The word pattern means a repeated design or model. The word pattern in this case means a repeated design or model. The word repeated indicates this is constant and active. It's not passive at all. It's a constant active pattern being pushed out on us through your TV set, through your radio, through your social media timelines, through the internet. A repeated pattern of this world, constant, active. Well, you got to be even more consistent and more active to not change form to fit that model. Without having a deep revelation of scripture, do you, can, can you agree with that? Can you see that? How much you got to fight to keep your children from becoming like the children on, on, on Disney shows? To keep yourself from becoming like a real housewife of, of blank you got to be consistent and active in your development of yourself. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, professionally. So you don't conduct yourself like the people on TV who have become caricatures. The word renewed simply means to make new again, over and over, constantly. But be transformed by a renewed mind every single day, over and over again. You make your mind new. It's a constant process. It's consistent. 
There's nothing passive about it. Passivity, in many ways, is hurting us more than anything. Ask anybody in the health field about obesity. And it's linked to being sedentary in your, in your job at work, in your field at work. How long you sit. Or at home, if you work from home, how long you sit. How many times a day you sit rather than being in active motion. There's a link there when it comes to your health. If you could fill your car up with gas once, that'd be incredible. But you have to actually fill it up consistently to get your vehicle where you want it to be, where it needs to be. It's the same thing with your mind. You got to make it new every single day. You can't read this book on personal development on Monday and you don't do anything else until next Monday. Make your mind new every day. Read every day. Just the efforts of the media, the music flowing through the airways, your wonderful social media pages are all more than enough reasons for supporting the need for a renewed mind. Wouldn't you agree? Can you see the point of this yet? If you don't recognize your enemies when you see them or their influence, you easily accept things that look pleasurable but are dangerous to you personally. I know that we talked about passages in scripture that refer to a specific enemy, but there's so many things that we may need to look at as enemies. I don't mean people who talked about you and were hating on you. I'm not talking about that. That's petty. And it's a distraction from where you need to be focused. I'm talking about the thing to be able to fight that we can't see. Whether it be music that comes through the airwaves and the lyrics that we speak into our own household that our children, our children mock and they speak as well and they mimic that. We can't approach wartime with a peacetime mentality. We got to recognize those enemies in our life. Again, not people. Even more so things, ideas, concepts, mentalities, mindsets. We can't approach wartime with a peacetime mentality. We can't engage the enemy not armed with understanding. Check this final passage out today. 2 Corinthians 10 Verse 3 through 5, if you're taking notes, it reads, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We can flesh this out a lot more as we go forward, but I just want you to understand that you're battling outside influences. This ain't about the haters down the street. It's not about the person that wants that promotion on your job that's trying to undercut you and undermine you at every, at every turn because she wants that promotion. and She doesn't want you to happen. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. You're battling outside influences. We didn't even think about the enemy in our own minds. It never crossed our minds. We fight all these people and all these imaginary battles and all these fights that we have in our own head, but we don't even think about the enemy in our own minds. Whew. Strongholds, arguments, pretense that the passage is read. Even all our thoughts. These are all things what we just read in that passage that are invisible to the naked eye, but they're real enough to take us off course. 
Know your enemy. We're going to talk about that a lot more in part two of this episode on changing your world. Now, I know many of you are wondering what happened to our special guest of honor. You know, the one I promised to introduce you to. Well, I made the introductions next week on the second part of this episode, okay? You're going to be so excited to meet them. So until then, until next week, God willing, with your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Now go change it and make it better than it was before you showed up. Wherever you are today and however you're listening to the People's Podcast, thank you again for making a Call Me Mr. You a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. I got some more weapons for you. I got some more weapons for you. And that second big key, it's even bigger than the first one. It's even bigger than knowing your enemy. I'm going to give you that key next week to help you change your world. Change your world part two. See you back here on the People's Podcast next week. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.